There's a point of Shemesha which I want to go back to. There's the significance of the Kriyas at the beginning of Shemesha, the beginning and the end of Birkus Avos, and then and again when it comes to the Baruch of Maidim. What's the significance of bowing down in Twitter? And why specifically are those two Baruchas? So, really, as you know, that the way that today we kind of did of bowing in Shemesha is just basically to bend one's knees, to bend one's back, which isn't real Hishtachavaya. Real Hishtachavaya was either to go down flat on the floor, like one does in Shalom Kippur, or even more than that, to persuade himself fully, but his hands and legs are outspread. That was in the base of Mikdash, the way that it was ordained the same. That when someone came to Besa Mikdash, there was a dinner that he had to be Mishtachave. It doesn't make a difference if it was a person who came one time as a visit to Besa Mikdash, or as a kind every day before they did Avodah. But there was a dinner of Mishtachave. Today we don't have that dinner, we're not in the Besa Mikdash. But something similar we do have. When you start from Ezra, and that is when you're going, so to speak, to stand in front of Hashem, and you're going to be Amif Hashem, so then we have a similar idea that just like a person who is walking to the base of Mikdash, coming to Hashem's presence, you have to bow down. So similarly, when a person in Shemun Esra, when he's, he's standing in front of Hashem, so the dinner of Hishtach Now, that's just a basic idea. And as you see, from the Nach, even by the kings of the Jewish kings, when a person when a person would enter the presence of a king, he would have to bow down. It says, uh, for example, again, Malachim, when David was really old and sick, and his wife, Bathsheba, comes to talk to him, she had to bow down. And then after Nathan the Navi comes, he has to bow down. That was the way to, to walk into the presence of a king. Today we don't have kings, so you don't have, you don't have musag, or what it means to, to show a person that, that one's, so to speak, humbling themselves in front of someone else. So, of course, when there was a king, it was understood in Kalvachim, in front of Hashem. The Melech Melech Melachim. But there's more depth than that. It's not just the idea that uh, what enters the Shemun Esra are bowing down. Because that wouldn't explain why we, why we bow down a second time when we come to Moedim. So, really, there's another Nukudah to Hishtach as well. And it's also Mamish Bez in the Gemara. The Gemara says that there's two times when there's a certain expression in the Gemara of an Evid has to be Neutel Mirabai. A servant has to take from his master. There's two different expressions that Gemara uses. The one is the Evid Neutel Rishus Mirabai. An Evid is given who takes permission from his master. That's one kind of taking something, accepting something from the king. And the other one is the Evid Neutel Pras Mirabai. The Evid who takes a gift from the king. And what's the idea behind these two expressions? The first one to be no tolerations. Again, in today's world where there's no concept of fear, really, so one doesn't know what that means. But what used to be in the presence of a king, the person not allowed to move uh, until the king gives him permission. And not allowed to speak, not allowed to come inside, not allowed to raise his head, whatever it's going to be. And therefore, in order to be given the ability to speak, the evidence to be no tolerations, which means he has to be given permission to speak. And you see this again, reflected many times in the Tanakh, because that was the way that kings were regarded. Even Esther. Um, she comes in front of, again, the king's her husband. She comes in front of the king, and until the queen gives her the permission to speak, to stand up, and uh, then she's not allowed to do that. There's a certain sense and a certain feeling of 
that a person, a, a person in the presence of a king isn't allowed to do anything without being notorious. Notorious means being given permission. Well, so here we see the same idea in the words that Pari tells Yosef. Without your permission, no one's going to move a hand. No one's going to move a foot. Instead of the presence of a king, you don't move until you have permission. You definitely don't talk until you give permission to talk. And therefore, the one point is what, what the, if one's standing in front of a king, the first thing is what's called Ebed Notal Rishos, which means he's given permission to speak. The second point is what a, a king, besides giving the person a uh, chance to speak, he can, chance, he can decide to give the person something. Maybe the person came to ask for whatever they needed or they're asking for help, and the king grants a request. That's considered that the servant is Notal he's getting a gift he's been given something from the king now what's the way that what's the correct way uh, to respond as a servant to, to being given something by the king so firstly that's exactly the same feeling we're trying to understand that we experience when we go to Shemesh we want to speak but we need to give permission to speak give me the permission give me the permission to open my mouth because if you're understanding that's meant to be like a melech, and the concept of the melech is that you don't speak until you give permission, so you're only with no melech. And now before we start talking, we ask for permission. Now, the king gives permission to speak. What's the way to respond to that? Whenever he's not a merabi, what's the right way to respond? This is the second point I wanted to talk about. The right way to respond to being given permission by the king is to be mishnachave. Is to be mishnachave. When the king gives you something, the way you respond to it is by bang down. And that's why at the beginning of Shemun Esra, the first Baruch of Shemun Esra, when we've been given permission to speak, so the first that we've been Mishnach of it, we bow down. Similarly, when we, we finish everything we've asked for, and now we come to the Moedim, which is to thank Hashem for what He's giving us, what He's going to give us, so then again, we, we're taking something. There's the two Baruchas when it's not you asking, it's that we're receiving. The one Baruch we're receiving is permission to talk, and that's the first Baruch of Shemun Esra. The second Baruch is Bamoidim. We're thanking Hashem for what He's giving us, what He has given us, what He's going to give us, we're talking the, in the, then also in the petition of someone who's receiving. <coughs> once again, you're receiving, the, the, then you have to bow down. And what's the, what's the depth of that? Why is, there, why is that the correct protocol? If a king gives something, that the way to receive it is to bow down. And then again, this is reflected in Tanakh. You see, when they came to ask kings, we're talking about, again, we're not talking about just death dictators, we're talking about the Tzadikim kings, we're talking about Tzadikim too. But when someone asks a king for something and they got it, the first time I For example, again, when Bathsheba asks that David should, de- de- should declare Shlomo a king, and David agrees to do it, so she bows down twice. Particularly Bathsheba, she bows down twice to the floor, because she got the king gave her something. That's the way you have to act. Why? Why is it like that? What's the, what's the understanding of why people will do that? And the answer is the two ways that a person can look at what they're going to get, look at what they get. And the one is that the person feels, of course, I deserve it. I ask for something, but it's to me, I deserve it. And that's okay, so of course they're meant to give it to me. If I want it's in my rights. And if that's the case, asking for something is really a, a, just a less aggressive way of demanding what I think is mine. It comes to me, I deserve it. So I'm just, I'm just asking you for it, but really deep down I feel you owe it to me. I'm meant to get it. The other way to ask for something is in the sense of, I don't deserve it. I'm not, I don't make any claims to that, that you should give it to me. Like the Gemara says, If a person is knocking the door and asking for stalker, 
Okay. I mean, it's what, maybe today things are different, but most times it's meant to be that a person doesn't demand. He doesn't think you owe him something. So he's coming to ask, he's coming to request. And there's a certain mindset of a person who's asking something which I don't think I deserve. That's the way we're meant to ask, and that's the way for sure when you're talking to authority. So we're not coming to demand, we're not coming to say we deserve. That's a bit of a pagir in the Marcos. The way we want to ask is, we don't deserve it anyway, but still we're going to ask. And how's how we show that? The way we show that is Ishtachavaya. Ishtachavaya means, I don't, I don't, it's like a, a person, like the Marah writes lots of times, the concept of being Meshtachavaya is to, is to, to show that, to nullify, to negate, to nullify my own value, my own importance. Actually, I'm not important. I mean, if I'm going to ask the king for something, I'm not coming from the point of view of, you owe this to me. I deserve it. I'm going to say I don't deserve it. And the way I show that is by being Meshtachavaya. And whether I'm asking for his permission to speak, or I'm asking for it to be given something, the way I show that I don't deserve it, but I'm asking anyway, is I'm Mishachavah. That was the way to approach a king. That's also the way we approach Hashem. And that's why when we only have Melech, Hashem, we do the same thing. Number one, the first point, is that when we, when we start to speak, so okay, we're asking for permission to speak, Hashem is first, I give him permission to speak, when we get that, the first thing we do is Mishachavah. We don't deserve it. We ask, it's a chesed of Hashem is allowing us to talk to Him. And number two, when you're going to say thank you, so then again also, now we focus on what Hashem has given us, so we're not taking the attitude of Hashem, you owe this to us. But we're saying, we didn't deserve it, that's why you gave it to us. Now there's something much more fundamental here, because this is the difference in the machshava level between Yaakov and Esau. The Banu Machshava explained, I heard this many times from Rabbi, the Meshachavim, he explained, that even if Esau is willing to accept that there's a creator who's in charge of the world, but Esau, though, looking at the world, is for Aretz Nasan Ibn Adam. He gave it to people. If that's the case, it's ours. If that's the case, what's the way I look at the world? To, the world is a fair playing field, and we grab what I can, because it's given to me. And uh, the more I can get, and the more I can take, the more I'm going to try and take. Yaakov's mindset is the opposite. And that is that the way we get bracha isn't by running to grab bracha. It's the, it's the other way around. It's that we see if Hashem wants to give us bracha, so then we want to show that we don't feel that we deserve it. Exactly the opposite. We, don't, we show we don't deserve it. Where does this difference come from? So this, this primarily is the, the two elements we're speaking about now. And that is, if a person thinks it's mine, so it's mine, for, it's given to me so I can take, I deserve. So of course I'm going to try and grab for myself what I can. If a person feels I don't deserve, what's given to me is a gift which isn't deserved, so then a person isn't running to grab something. It's not like I deserve it and if I'm going to take it. It's if, uh, I feel that there's a certain uh, humility in taking. I feel undeserving to take. <coughs> and if, if I'm being given something, I feel that I didn't deserve what I was given. Now, this, uh, this colors not just the way that Yaakov and Esau see the world, but it colors the whole idea of, um, of Tefillah. Because there were religions which also believed in a spiritual force which they could access and which would bring things down to this world, Avedazara. But a primary difference between Avedazara and Avedazashem, we can't compare the two. But one of the primary differences between the mindset of the two things, and that is Avedazara didn't come from a point of submission. 
Avodah came from a point of entitlement, which means I know how to make things happen, or I know how to force for spiritual levels, whoever's going to be Malachim, to give me something, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to, so to speak, I have the way to do it, or I deserve it, or therefore I'm going to take things into my own hands and organize the, in a spiritual sense that I get what I want to get. That was a, there was no submission. And even if it would be, the, the service would be by, so to speak, by doing, bringing a sacrifice or interacting with some symbol of a deity, it was only in order to connect me to that thing that I could get from it. But even the eagle. The eagle, as an eagle, there wasn't submission to the eagle. The eagle was used in the, because they wanted to use something towards Hashem. And as I said, the concept of Vedasara wasn't to submit to that Vedasara. It was as a way to, I'm going to take things into my own hands and find a way to get something. And Vedasara is just providing me with the means. Because I'll say this, and always in a very, a very direct, uh, act, uh, apt comments. Because i They stand above their gods. Which means, they feel that we more important and the gods we're relying on we can manipulate them we can get them to do what you want them to do whereas when it comes to Klai Yisrael our God stands above us which means we understand it's the other way around it's not just a question of who we serve the, the fundamental point of serving Hashem is that we, is to the submission we understand He's in charge and He decides and we can ask Him we can't force Him and he, we can't make up His mind for Him and uh, if we get, then we're grateful to get. We, are, we, we submit ourselves. We consider ourselves underneath Hashem. And it comes from the same mistake. The mindset which believes that I'm entitled and I deserve and I want to get, so I'm going to take this in my hand. Or if I don't do it, I'm going to demand. When we find that the game did, call, did, did interact with Hashem, it was always the chutzpah of, we deserve. We deserve. Even now, it says, when the game are going to come and have kindness in Hashem, why Kaish are getting rewarded and they're not. They're not going to ask Hashem. They're going to fight with Hashem. Like it says. And they're going to come and tell Hashem that you, you're unfair to us. You didn't give us a chance to get Yisrael. And Hashem said that. You didn't accept the Torah. So, so, so the Goyim don't accept it either. It's the Gemara of Bezara. The Goyim are going to say back to Hashem, well, if you would have forced us to, we would have. It's your fault for not forcing us. And so the, the, the attitude which Hashem wants to show them is, even now, you're not coming to ask. It's not coming to Hashem, I'm sorry, we made a mistake. We, we didn't understand the MS. We misused our lives. Forgive us, Hashem. Please give us another chance. That's one way of speaking. It's coming with, contr- with contrition. It's coming with a certain element of submission. Not the guy. No, they come with a tiny. You were wrong, Hashem. You did the wrong thing by not forcing us. Had you forced us enough, we would have done it too. So you, it's your fault. That's intrinsically wrong. It's not the way you talk to the king. And that's why when you're coming to ask Hashem Shemesha, we're not coming from a point of view of Hashem. You owe us. Hashem, we deserve. It's not what we ask, it's not, we're not going to get anything like that. The way it's approached from Nasser is exactly the opposite. And that is, you come with contrition. <coughs> and firstly, you bow down. You're allowing us to speak, that's already something which we don't deserve. And now we're going to ask for what we need, and you're going to give it to us, we're going to bow down again. Because once again, we want to show we don't deserve. We said that the first Shibrach is the last Shibrach, so the Shibrach is the Shakanag of Ram and Yaakov. And we said the Brach of Ramavino is the first Brach. Magen Avram and connected that Moedim, connected Moedim. It's the attitude of seeing that Hashem through Chesed, and therefore it's the same Chesed we ask him to daven. Hashem listens to us. It's the same Chesed when we recognize Hashem's Chesed and say Moedim. Beatzim, this was one of the big changes that Avram Avinu brought to the world. One of the big changes that Avram Avinu brought to the world, besides for bringing to the world the idea of monotheism, that there's only one God. But there's how do you relate to a God? 
How do you relate to a God? Do you relate to a God in terms of I'm going to try and enforce what I want and get the gods to listen to me? I'm going to come to the God from the position of submission, that the God's greater than me. And because the Hashem is greater than I am, and I'm going to come to Him with a, to, to ask, to request, with things I don't deserve. And that's Avram Tzfidah. Hashem tells a few times Avram Tzfidah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, like, I'm des- I desire to speak to Hashem, but I don't deserve it. I'm considered like that's Nashus. That's his battles. That's exactly what Avram is trying to demonstrate. That uh, that's the way to talk to Hashem. Let's give another example. Yaakov and Esed themselves, um, when they want to get the brachas from Yitzchak, so Yitzchak himself picks up is a difference. As much as Yaakov tried to camouflage himself and he disguises himself in Esed's clothing and he's trying to play the role of Esed, Yitzchak picks up one second. There's something different here. Why? Because Yaakov asked him nicely. Please, my father, get up and please give me a brach. That's not where Esav talks. You see where Esav talks. Esav come in. Here's the food. Give me the bracha. I deserve it. Yaakov and Yaakov and said, no. That's Esav's mentality. I deserve. I came to get. You, you need Yitzchak to give me the bracha. But it's not coming from a point of submission. It's not coming from a point of I'm asking nicely. I'm, I'm requesting something I don't deserve. No, I deserve. I did the thing. Here's the food. Now give me the bracha. And as much as Yaakov tried to imitate Esav, he couldn't imitate Esav's mindset. He went to ask. Please, he asked, it's up to you. I'm asking you for something. And Yisrael says, I call, call Yaakov. That's not the way Esau talks. That's not the way Esau talks. That's not the way Esau's mind works. And that's why when it comes to Tfilah, we're asking Hashem, we're not demanding from Hashem. We're not forcing Hashem and it's not going to work anyway. And therefore, the important part of Tfilah is that we learn from Abraham Avina how to dive. That we come with a sense of contrition. We come with a sense of, you're greater than me. I'm bang down. I'm showing that I consider myself to, to a power which is stronger than I am. And I'm, I'm, I'm like an ever that night that I was given permission to speak. I appreciate that. I don't deserve it. And now I'm speaking to you, Hashem. I want to ask you for something. You're going to give it to me. I bow again. I don't deserve it. That's the, that's the correct approach to it. Is it totally different? There's a connection, but that's not coming else. Bakasha. Or that's coming else. We're saying exactly that point. We're saying we, we, that we, we submit ourselves to Hashem and we, we, we bend down to Hashem to show. And that's why the Halakha says that those are the only times a person is meant to bow down. Even the other times in Davin we mention the word Moedim or Mishtachavim, we don't need to bow down there. The Indian is that when we're trying to show the way we approach a king. And then we, we, if we're talking about the fact that that we don't, we, we have to bow down there. But if we're talking about us approaching Hashem, so either, with, like we said, the beginning of the when we ask him to speak, or when we thank him for what he gave us, we want to show we don't deserve. We don't deserve, and the way we show that is, Nishtachavai. To whatever level Nishtachavai there is, we don't deserve. And one more point, we'll answer questions. It's the same idea as the Nishtachavai in the Beis HaMikdash. I don't deserve to come to the Beis HaMikdash. Hashem, you are very nice. You, with your great mercy, you let me into the Beis HaMikdash. How did I try that? Coming about that. Because that shows I don't deserve it. So that's always the Hishtachavai. Same thing when I came to the Kapar and Yom Kippur. Ana Hashem, Kaparna, the Chatayim, the Avonis, the Zabshayim, and Yom Kippur. Why? We deserve Kapar. We demand in Kapar. We show we don't deserve Kapar. And then again, the same way to do it is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur to show that it's something which is not because we deserve. We're not coming to demand, we're not coming to claim. We're lowering ourselves to show that it's something which you're getting as a chesed, not because you want. We, we're entitled to it.
It's not, it seems like um, bowing is like very subjective to the time and place. Like let's say like even during Mashiach when there's going to be a Jewish king, we're going to bow down to him. Like I mean nowadays you don't, when, when you ask him for the present, you don't bow down to him. As long as Mashiach him. What? Nobody's not shifting. Okay, I'm just saying, like, I'm saying, like, 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 like you don't, 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 you don't